next on BYU Sports Nation, a Vegas championship victory eludes BYU basketball once again. Tournament resume now submitted. ESPN's Sean Farnham and Blaine Fowler tell us what happened versus Gonzaga, and is BYU in the big dance? Yes. Plus, BYU women's basketball wins a second WCC championship in four years. Zojan Harry joins us to show off the swag. Let's go! It's BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation broadcasting in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, wherever and however you may have chosen to dial in. Wonderful to have you with us again. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with my main man, Jerem Jordan. That means he didn't think of anything. That's fine. No, I appreciate I, no, that. No, really. I just, I just. It's been a long week, and we've, <laughs> we've worked hard, and it's, it's, it's good to be with you one last time in Vegas, brother. No, it, yeah, the, we had a great week. It was, it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. But BYU losing in this fashion, bummer way to end it. But credit for BYU to getting to this point, the run they've had at the end of the regular season. But man, it stinks. Yeah, it's, it's hard because you get so close. And then yet so far away. They're just better than us. And their hair smells like sediment. It's going to be at least 15 years. Yeah, it was frustrating. At least 15 years. Just trying to get out. Before BYU wins another tournament or conference tournament title. Yeah, we have to wait another year for them to have another opportunity. Oh, it's like it's going to be another 15 years? No, it's already 14. So it'll it'll be at least 15. Hey, 15 is a nice number. Depending on where you are at this very moment, it's very late Tuesday night. Or very early Wednesday morning. Yeah, it's travel day Wednesday, so uh, <laughs> taping this, baby. We wish you greetings from Las Vegas one more time before we return to the friendly confines of Studio B. The <laughs> conversa- so friendly. I know. Yes, they are. The conversation allowed 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN to be a part of our BYU Sports Nation conversation anytime you like. Members always welcome. Let's look at the headlines, Jerem. The BYU men's basketball team, so close but lose 91-75. Now they wait. Much more on just how gut-wrenching that wait will be during championship week. The BYU women's basketball team, on the other hand, they won it, baby. Sealed the deal. Beat San Francisco 76-65. Uh, they get not a bit. They were a five seed in this tournament. We'll talk to Jojon Harry about that. What a, what a game, what a tournament from the ladies. Beat two teams they had not beaten this season to get the job done. Lexi Eaton named the tournament MVP. Morgan Bailey, Mackenzie Morrison, also on that first team. We're going to talk to Zojan Harry. She had she had a serious case to be included on that all-tournament team. She played really well. BYU football spring practices continue. Taysom Hill oh, yeah, there's football. told reporters that if, wait for it, if there was a game this Saturday, he could play. Wow. That certainly makes you feel better about how things are developing with Mr. Hill. It's interesting because I don't know how much you can... Okay, your bone breaks, it heals. You know, there's some rehab with that, but he's a superhuman. He's Captain America, (laughs) and so it healed super fast, and now he's almost ready. Uh, It's so awesome to talk about football. Physically, he's like, oh, yeah. He says he's ready to play on Saturday. Let's hope he's ready to go on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 178. That one's awkward. But we nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Two days in a yeah. row we've nailed that. 178 days away before BYU hits Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. Can't wait for it. I'm, I'm getting psyched thinking about countdown to kickoff. Well, on that note, let's rise and shout. It's time for a shout. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. And now, one, two, three. Was that Karnowski in the key? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. They called it once. The, the Bronx cheer, the sarcastic clap came out. That was hilarious. <laughs> that's, oh, that's always funny. When right behind like, me. Yeah! Yeah! Uh-huh! Oh, finally! Oh, He's my been goodness. Putting up tent poles in there all night! <laughs> He's roasting marshmallows. I heard somebody say in the game, never ref again. Never ref again. <laughs> if, if you haven't been following this, by the way, at WCC officials, uh, really we have a fun account. relationship. Yeah, really it's a account. fake account. So, yeah. and, and now, Probably run by Zach Vance. And now we wait. BYU basketball loses to Gonzaga 91-75 in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final. 16-point deficit, and it, what's unfortunate is it gets bloated at the end because there's fouls and there's some free throws, and so that's kind of a bummer, but I don't think, I don't think it really matters that much. The, res, the resume's in, baby. Now BYU is waiting for a callback, or they hope so, from the tournament selection committee this Sunday. In the meantime, let's digest BYU's last submission to that committee, Jerem. That's the disappointing part of this. A lot of things are positive and good out of what BYU did this season. It's unfortunate that the last game is a 16-point loss, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 16. Quisinera. No, that's 15. The WCC title game was BYU's largest loss of the season. Yeah, okay, no, that I, I should be down. I don't want okay, to answer that. That's that's some bad news, right? The the other bad news with BYU, the amount of RPI top fifty wins, right? How many? One. One. Gonzaga. At Gonzaga. That's a really good one. That's, worth that's a really that, good that's one. That's worth at least two though. It's it's maybe it's, the best win. It's like unto two and a half. Okay, whatever yeah, whatever you say. We'll see how much J- Jeff Eisenberg said this. Is he with Yahoo? Is that who he's with? Yes. BYU, he tweeted this. BYU is a fascinating test of how much the committee values top 50 RPI wins. Only one of those, but everything else screams NCAA tournament. That's the good news. 25 wins. The win at Gonzaga is a big one. Uh, BYU's RPI is top 40. Okay, so It's good. Answer me this question, though. It's like, okay, RPI top 50. So teams 51 through 75 aren't good basketball teams. you got to be kidding me. BYU well, has You have to draw wins, the line somewhere, and it's been drawn wins, at 50. Four wins against the top 75. The committee knows that. Okay, we had, they Tom, know that. We had Thomas Homel on this show. He's on the committee. Two days ago. And he said, we, we said, what's the emphasis of this committee? I thought that they would get into Ramal 10 and say, all right, you know what? This year we're going to go strength to schedule and RPI. That's what we're going to look at. And they have really deep voices, apparently. <laughs> But, th- but he said that all 10 of them just do their thing. They come into the room with different ideas of what matters more, and then they come to a consensus. And the number one message I got from Tom Homo was that they know what's going on and debate and are well-informed and make good decisions. I feel confident that they know what's up. BYU's top four wins. Gonzaga, number eight in the RPI, at Gonzaga. So that's why I say it's worth two. Like the best win BYU could have had this Stanford, year. Stanford, 57. Come on, Cardinal. Yeah, they they kind of fell off. St. Mary's, 72. UMass, 74. So they have four wins against RPI top 75 teams. So for this, this whole argument of, well, they only have one RPI. Stanford no, is use the voice. Use the voice. Well, they only have one RPI top 50 win. <laughs> so Stanford's seven out. I mean, Stanford could be a top 50 RPI win by the end of the week. If they win a couple of games in the Pac-12 tournament, that's a top 50 win all of a sudden. Okay, another thing that we 
Sit on. Okay, because BYU is in the West Coast Conference, they will opt to work with ESPN and do to make sure they are on ESPN. And the cost is a Tuesday night. So now we sit Wednesday when this airs, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday it happens. All these conference, other conference tournaments can happen and BYU could slide. Now I think BYU's high enough up on the hill to where they won't slide down to the bottom and get out. But that's something that makes you a little bit nervous sitting here for the rest of the week. On Sunday, I think BYU's in. But you might watch some of these tournaments, and stuff might happen, and it might make you a little nervous. Okay, what did we learn about BYU and where they were in the RPI last year with a record of 23-11? and 11? Oh, by the way, they're 25-9 and nine right now. Two that wins w- better. That, uh, that was wild. There are three new members of the committee. So it's a different, essentially a third different of that group. But BYU, you're right, had a similar resume. 23, they were two worse as loss, and the RPI was right in the same ballpark. Their BPI, their Ken Pomeroy Index. Their BYU Sports Nation rating is super high. All those are way higher than they were last year. Okay? So everything, when he, Jeff but, Eisenberg but says. But lower RPI top 50 wins. When, when Jeff Eisenberg says everything else screams NCAA tourney, I agree with him. We're going to sit on – it's not pins and needles, but it's there'll be a, some level of anxiety between now and Selection Sunday. BYU had the chance for the auto bid. We talked about how it had been 14 years since they won the tournament. Gonzaga's stinking good, man. They're, they're number seven in the country. They were a one seed until BYU beat them in Spokane. The fact BYU got a win against them anywhere at any time this season – Best win they could have had. You awesome. said it. Yes. Is awesome. You and shaved it your head me because my of it. hair, for goodness sake. <laughs> and I'm so happy about it. It's growing back nicely. It's been, oh. it's been uh, nine days now. Yeah, well, you're going to get yours back just in time for me to shave mine because BYU is going to the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this team. I think, I think BYU in the NCAA tournament can do some damage. We'll talk to Blaine Fowler, ESPN Sean Farnham, who was on the call for BYU-Gonzaga. I think BYU matches up well. Obviously, tonight, BYU got worked in the post. Karnowski, Sabonis. Man, Those guys they were took on it point. to BYU. Wiltshire, Wiltshire was amazing. His range was just... They had six guys score in double figures, score 10 points or more. When Dran Guinness is in double figures, it's like, really? Come on. BYU gives up 91. You're going to lose when you give up 91. Yeah. That's BYU's glaring uh, deficiency, is the inability to defend the post. I didn't think that they had that until tonight. I think this is a one-off for BYU. Karnowski and Sabonis are really good, people. When BYU matches up with someone in the NCAA tournament, that was like playing in a, a second-round game. In the first round, if BYU plays like they played against Portland or St. Mary's, granted, those were peak moments, the Cougars are capable of winning one and challenging in that second game to me. You never know. They, they have been right there all year. Now, Mark Few, Gonzaga's coach, said something interesting during the celebration. He came on to accept the West Coast Conference Tournament Trophy and said, BYU is an NCAA tournament team that can win some games. And in response to that, Dave Rose had this to say, quote, I think Mark is a really smart man, end quote. (laughs) BYU is going to be a tough matchup for people. That's the good news. And the Cougars were tested. The, the game BYU will play in the first round of the NCAA tournament was not as tough as the game they played tonight because Gonzaga's a two, no lower than a three seed. BYU has been challenged. Uh, two of their last, what, four games played against a top 10 team. The Cougars are going to be ready in the NCAA tournament. They won And hopefully not another tournament. They're confident. Some other quick notes from this game that were trends that we hadn't seen this year. BYU 
out-rebounded Gonzaga. Oh, the perfect rebounding stat is gone. And lost for the first Plus time. Plus five. So now 21-1 and one in that category. Also, the health of BYU, a concern with Skylar Halford going down late. Okay, it was a bone bruise. That's what Dave Rose told the media after the game. A bone bruise for Skylar Halford. There was fear upon seeing that. Man. That he broke his shin. Man. Yeah, the reaction it was... Looked it, it looked bad. So a bone horrible. bruise is, is good news. BYU now waits a week and two days. If BYU makes the NCAA tournament. Nine days from now, they play in a game. And, and by the way, the four cities they could play in. Louisville, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Portland. If you could go to one of those cities, where would you go? Jacksonville. You go to Jacksonville? Even yeah. though it's like Florida? Hey, we had a great time in Miami, man. That's true. The BYU fans showed up, I have an in, aunt dr- they showed up in droves in, Jacksonville. in Orlando and in Miami. So, yeah, again, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter where it BYU ma- goes. It doesn't matter. But it would be nice to go to Portland because we saw and I saw the reception of those fans. I, I said it, and I'll say it again. The second best spot for BYU to play a game in is Portland, Oregon. Those fans are awesome. BYU loses in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final 91-75, and now they wait for what they hope is an invitation to the NCAA Tournament. We've been screaming 25 wins. Well, they're, on, they're, can, they're I, at 25 hold wins. Hold on, I, see, I think I see it. Yeah, yeah. There's an NCAA Tournament bid in there with the blue goggles on. Of course there is. Whoa, BYU's at 11? Nice. <laughs> All right, matches up with a 6. I love it. I love it. Oh, I don't see it. I'll put it Up here. next, Blaine Fowler joins us to break down the Cougs and Zags from Vegas. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV from wonderful Las Vegas. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Is it that wonderful after what we saw? Look, you caught my snark. It's good, man. You know it's going to be wonderful? Baseball versus Pepperdine. That's coming up this week on BYU TV. Thursday, Friday, Saturday starts. Thursday night, 8 Eastern. BYU and Pepperdine. You're on the call, dude. Listen, all things considered, mm-hmm. Las Vegas was not bad. Not that bad to BYU when you look at no, all those really good teams. Yeah. Okay? Sure. They got to 25 See the wins. good in the world, bro. Throw my core. We threw the shoulder. bro in there, by the way. That's a new thing for BYU TV. I don't know if BYU TV is aware of that. Yeah. Well. See the good in the world, bro. <laughs> We're losing it. We're losing it. Joining us now to help us gather things back together, Blaine Fowler. Uncle Blaine. Blaine. Uncle B, Uncle if B. you're Brian Logan, welcome yes. to BYU Sports Nation once again. Uh, let's let's wrap up uh, what we just witnessed here at the Orleans Arena between BYU and Gonzaga. 91-75, the Zags win another West Coast Conference Tournament Championship. I just want to start off with this. It's almost as if some people forgot that, they, that they're the seventh-ranked team in the country. I know the disappointment is real, and BYU is like, well, we beat them up there, we can beat them again. They're the seventh-ranked team in the country for a reason. Yeah, and some of the things that BYU did so well up in Spokane, they forgot about when, when they got down here. I was confident they could continue on doing what they've been doing. They've been defending really well, and, and they struggled to defend bigs inside. They didn't get enough uh, big plays on the perimeter to get steals and get out in transition. And you think about it, BYU's not equipped to go and battle Gonzaga time after time down the floor in the half court. They're just too big, too physical inside. So BYU needs to get a portion of their points in transition. But when you get one steal in a ball game and and you you don't get down the court and get any fast break points. They had two fast break points in the entire game. No bueno. And, yeah, and so so offensively, that hurt them. That took away easy buckets. So everything BYU got, and even though they didn't shoot a bad percentage, everything they got 
they had to work and they had to fight tooth and nail for. And then, then they suffered on the defensive side. They just could not control the bigs inside. The officials in this game let, let them go inside. And that's not to BYU's advantage because this Gonzaga team inside is really strong and really physical. And BYU's fouls started to, to pile up. They started to get frustrated. And when they couldn't stop them, I mean, the bottom line is that was, in the end, that was the problem. They didn't have enough defense. Their offense was not great, mediocre for BYU, below average for BYU. But, but the defense just wasn't good enough to stop what uh, Gonzaga did in the half court. They're a better half court team than BYU. Yeah, and when you look at the points allowed, 91 to 9. You're going to lose when you give up 91, almost always. Then 87 in Provo. It was 70 in Spokane. Here's the good news for me. That's a second-round matchup in the NCAA tournament. That's the kind of game that you would play in the second round against Gonzaga. BYU can match up with those kind of teams if they play better post defense. And, and they have to be exceptional, so they have to do something special. Defensively, the Zags are a great team. They, they shoot great all year long. This is a team that shoots almost 53% on the year, so for them to shoot 54 is not out of the ordinary, but, but to beat them, you have to play out of the ordinary. Defensively, you've got to hold them below their average. That's way better than they normally are from three-point. That's better than anybody is from, three point, from that three-point line. And for BYU, they're just a little below their season average on field goals. So to beat a team that's in the top 10, you have to be exceptional. You have to play better than your averages, and you have to hold them below. They let Gonzaga in terms of field goals, play at their average, and they were held below their averages. And so BYU is very capable when they shoot it great, when they play good defense on the perimeter and get out in transition and get transition threes and all those kinds of things to match up with a team like Gonzaga. They proved it last week up in Spokane. But they, they have to have a special day shooting the basketball to, to win against a team that good. Remember, that's a top 10 basketball team. I don't know what their seed's going to be. They were a number one seed we're until BYU no, beat them yeah, in Spokane. I have not forgotten this. And, and I don't know why they're any worse than a two or a three right now. Oh, yeah. And so, and so I, and I don't know why they're not a, a two at worst. And, and so you've got to remember that. You're right. That is like what they'd get in the second round of the tournament. This is a team that's good enough to advance in the tournament. They should be in the tournament based on their full body work, what they did up in Spokane. Kentucky would have been the only team in the country favored to win up there last week, and they went up and got a win. That helps them. This game, actually, even a loss helps their RPI because of strength of schedule component of RPI. So I would expect them to move up maybe one spot in terms of RPI. And so hopefully there's not crazy things that happen in the rest of the conference tournaments where teams that have no business being in the tournament get in and start taking spots because that's the only risk BYU has at this point. Yeah, and that's what BYU fans will be looking for this week is those Power 5 conference tournaments particularly. Uh, teams like Indiana and Texas A&M and LSU, like what are those teams going to do and are they going to steal bids from teams like BYU that feel like we deserve to be in? And mid-majors, you know, you had Illinois State almost steal a bid on Sunday. Stuff like Northern Iowa wins that game and gets it. So it's it's going to be an anxious week. It can can happen. Hey, even the Mountain West that's going to be right here this week, UNLV is capable of getting hot and winning that tournament They're this on week. their home Rebels. floor. And, and they have no business being in the tournament this year. But if something like that happens, then do Colorado State, Boise State, and San Diego State all still get in the tournament? They, they probably do. Maybe it bounces one out. So those are the kinds of things that BYU fans will be anxiously watching. I think they're far enough, and I think they're five or six or seven in the tournament right now. So they'd have to have a, 
a cata- you know a catastrophe happened with a number of teams doing that. Now here's here's the thing for me when when you look at BYU and we've talked a ton about star power. Kyle Collins clearly brings that. Tyler Haas, one of the nation's leading scorers, clearly brings that. They're an exciting, fun brand of basketball to watch. We're hearing from a lot of experts. Well, that doesn't really factor in, but I I feel like it does. Blaine, how where do you stand on? What teams bring eyes to television? Well, they do, they don't say you know they don't say hey Tyler Hawes is gonna he's a star, but they do say hey look at the brand of basketball BYU plays. Look at how you know they get up and down the floor. Look at what they score. They're one of the top scoring teams. They've been one or two all year long in scoring offense, and uh, and look at what they've done. I, I think that that comes into play. I also you know they take into account their last ten. You know how they finished the season, and so they've had a, a tremendous run here at the end of the year. One nine of eleven. Yeah, and so so they got a lot of things going for them going in, and and they just have to and they and they they need to get into that tournament, and then they just have to have some of the third and fourth guys contribute more than they did tonight. Chase Fisher struggled tonight. Frank Bartley struggled when he got on the floor tonight. Um, Corbin Kafusi hardly played in the first half and struggled when he came back in, just wasn't in rhythm. And so they need more than just Kyle, and they need more than just Tyler. And, oh, by the way, Gonzaga does a better job of defending Tyler Hawes than any team, not just in the WCC, but any team that he's played against. Ever or, against or, him. They have a great team concept because what they do is they put Bell out there and, and they let him push right up on him, and then they force him into the big shot blockers. They've got so much length inside. It's just a tough matchup. So, But there are other guys open when that happens, and those guys have to come up big. And he had other guys come up big up in Spokane. And uh, and they just didn't tonight. But typically, they do. They have in this last month of the season. They've come up big. So I don't have any question that they can do that come tournament time. Uh, they just need to make sure they get in. So it's a little bit anxious right now. But but I, I think most people would agree that they should be comfortable enough inside of that uh, tournament that even a couple of teams can have upsets and they could still be in. Twenty five wins for BYU and a top forty RPI. Uh, the great win at Gonzaga. You had the bad wins with Pepperdine, San Diego. I feel confident that B- I feel really confident that BYU is going to get in. And then we've had two people tell us ten or eleven seed at this tournament: Jeff Goodman, Sean Farnham, what they mm-hmm. think. Ultimately, it's that ten-man room, and Tom Homo's on that committee. He has to step out of the room, but I think they validate BYU's resume and they get in. Somewhere. Yeah, and you want to know what? It, it's funny because it, if they are somehow out, it's not because they wouldn't be a ten or eleven seed. So a seeding, you know, there's teams that have automatic bids that just won their conference tournament that are 16s and 15s, sure. and you know, and so so BYU, it's not that they're not one of the best 68 teams in the country. That's not even a question. But there's so many automatic bursts in that tournament that uh, that that's what causes you the issue is that all of a sudden you're on the outside, even though you would be a 10 seed if you're in. If some of these really poor teams end up getting the tournament by winning their conference tournament. Now, the point, the reason I bring up the the eye test and the the brand of basketball that BYU plays is because I feel. If it comes down to BYU and one other team and there's only one spot for those two teams, it's going to be hard not to want to choose BYU. Well, they'll look at RPI. They'll look at BPI. They'll look at statistics like scoring off. They'll look at all those things. And so Injuries. BYU, yeah, BYU pops out, and they're going to be relatively healthy. Winder should be back for the tournament. They'll be healthy. It looks like Halford's injury, from what I'm hearing, is just like a contusion, maybe a nerve thing. And okay, that's so, good news. So he should be okay. They'll check it out when they get back home. But that's it wasn't a knee. It wasn't an ankle. It was you know it was a, a, a smack to the shin. So, so he should be okay. He's a big part of what they do. So they should be relatively healthy going in to as healthy as anybody is this time of year right and uh, you know remember BYU got in last year with Kyle Collinsworth 
going out. Got a that, ten. That's major. They got a ten that's seed. A, that's a major guy going out his right. knee. And so they're healthy going in with Kyle, with you, you, with Tyler. You would think they'll look at their body work, and then their seed will be based on on their whole body of work. I, I, th- I think they're going to be fine. And and you want to know what? I think they have a chance to advance. And watching yes. Gonzaga tonight, I, I think they can go deep. And the reason is that this is as balanced a Gonzaga team as I've seen. And I, I didn't think they played great the first couple of games in the tournament, but you know what? They were just getting to the finals. They really turned it on tonight. It was six guys in double figures. They can hit you so many different ways, but what I'm most impressed with is how good they play team defense. If you can play defense night in and night out, you win tournament games because you're not always going to shoot it well. And so I, I think both of those teams end up in the tournament from the WCC, and I think that we're going to see the conference well represented with BYU advancing and maybe Gonzaga going to an Elite Eight. And that's why that win in Spokane was so impressive because Gonzaga's stinking good, man. And when BYU gets to the NCAA tournament, I think that we saw a glaring weakness, obviously, in post-defense. But I think I don't think that a lot of teams have a Karnowski and Sabonis. So BYU, I think, has a good shot, no matter what the matchup, to compete and maybe win that game in the first yeah, round. I'll tell you what, I'm watching Sabonis tonight when he comes off the bench. First of all, Karnowski is just a beast. He's so big! And, and if the officials just let him do whatever he wants, then who's going to stop him? Wisconsin's got a guy that can step up. Virginia's got a guy. But I'm talking about top five teams that have a guy, right? Yeah. Not very many teams have a guy that can stop him one-on-one. So you're going to have to double him. And the risk you take when you double Karnowski is, and that's why BYU didn't very much, is then they kick it out to Pangos and to Bell. And and these guys can all knock down threes. Uh, Even their big guys can knock down threes. So you can't afford to double down or you get in trouble. And and Wilcher is a great three-point shooter at 6'10 on the outside. And so if you go down and try to dig something out, then you try to work cover to him when you're closing out on him that doesn't even matter if you're not right up in his face when you're closing out on him he's so tall he's just shooting a three right over top of you he's a great three-point shooter and so they have weapons on the outside that prevent you from doubling on the inside and they're really good on the inside when they stay out of foul trouble and and Sabonis comes off the bench and I'm watching this guy and I'm I'm thinking how old is he because he's got a body that looks like he should be in the NBA right now right. he's going on a mission 235 240 he's lean he looks good so I I google him up and I'm like like how old is that kid he's 18 he's 18 his dad's Arvidas Sabonis man that guy was amazing unbelievable so they they've got some talent and and I think that I I wish they were a little deeper than they are, because I really think they're only... Uh, Dren Guinness comes in off the bench, and Sabonis comes in off the bench. Once they get past that, they don't have much. That, that to me, is their only weakness this about year. about nine deep. Yeah. yeah they, and, I and, wish and, they were 0-30. And, and, and at 8-9, you wish... <laughs> at 8-9, they're not quite as, as deep as some of the, the really, really elite teams in the country. So they're going to have to stay out of foul trouble, but they, they've got a great chance. And, hey... There's, there's no shame in losing to that team tonight the way they played. Absolutely Tell, not. Let's talk about that balance, Jeremy, and I'll let you continue in a second. But Pango, 16. Gary Bell Jr., 15. Karnowski, 12. Wilcher, 18. Dranginis, 10. Sabonis, 15. Six guys in yeah, the I mean, pe- People don't – I don't know if BYU fans know about Wilcher. I mean, this kid was a, a McDonald's All-American. He won the three-point shootout at the McDonald's All-American All-Star game. He goes to Kentucky. He's the sixth man at Kentucky on their national championship team and was the SEC sixth man of the year. Then he decided he didn't want to play seven or 18 minutes a night on an elite number one team. He wanted to be the man. And he also transformed his body during the offseason where he was he's more agile now. He's better out on the perimeter. So all of a sudden, this is a big-time NBA guy. And, and he continues to do what he did in this past year. He's gonna, He is going to be a big-time NBA player. I rewind to last year and, and thinking out of this game, Kyle Collinsworth is hurt. We learned it was an ACL. Mm-hmm. Oh, devastating. And then the rematch with Oregon, and then it was tough. This BYU team, I am way more confident in 
going into an NCAA tournament game and their ability to match up and win that game. Because you have games like St. Mary's and Portland and at Gonzaga where you go, you know what? If BYU's hitting the three and plays a little defense, they can beat anybody. They believe. They believe. Yeah, and they they look at this game. Not the, Kentucky, but just about anybody. Yeah, no, they're not going <laughs> to. Maybe not Wisconsin, but those those games come down the line, right? They, they're not going to be a 16 or a 15 yeah, seed. Win one game in the tournament is the goal. And then anything can happen. Then anything can happen after that. If It's the right matchup, right? If BYU plays a perimeter-oriented team... They can play. They can play with anybody. It's about it's about shooting the basketball, and when they're hitting it the way they were hitting it yesterday, they can play with anybody. Look out! So, it, I, I like their chances, and I'm with you. Last year they're going to the tournament. I'm thinking, oh gosh, without Collinsworth, are they even going to stay in a ball game? I feel really good about them going to the tournament this year. Blaine, we appreciate the time. We will catch up with you in Utah. Yes, we're right headed home. home, but not before we talk to Zojan Harry, BYU West Coast Conference champion. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Learn more at cougarclub.com. And welcome to the club. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan broadcasting in radio vision from Las Vegas, Nevada at the Orleans Arena post-West Coast Conference Tournament. Download the show podcast, as always, on iTunes or at byusportsnation.com. Hoops is done until the regular or the NCAA tournament. So baseball is on BYU TV and BYU Radio this weekend. Thursday through Saturday, all three games against Pepperdine starts Thursday night, 8 Eastern. That's right. Until the NCAA tournament. That's right. Which uh, the men are going to get into. It's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. And the women, for absolutely sure, after winning a conference championship in Vegas and joining us now to celebrate that conference tournament championship, the second in four years, is Zojan Harry. Zojan, congratulations. Uh, I'm digging the getup. How do you how do you feel about the, the T-shirt and hat? Thank you. I'm loving it. I had to represent tonight at the game. I was just hoping it would bring some luck, but... No such luck. <laughs> well, it worked earlier in the day. Uh, what was what was the emotion like as that final buzzer sounded and you won the tournament title? Oh, just complete and utter happiness uh, to be able to go back to the NCAA tournament this year after our Sweet 16 run last year. I mean, that's been the goal since uh, the beginning of the year. And so it was just complete and just utter happiness. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, again, the, smi- the smile says everything. Every time we talk to you, it's, uh, it's, a, it's it just beams. Uh, BYU back to the NCAA tournament for consecutive years for the first time since 2006 and 2007. But you had to do it kind of in an unorthodox way. You beat St. Mary's, who you hadn't beaten either regular season game. Then you knock off Gonzaga. Big upset. Hadn't beat the Zags either time. And then handled San Francisco for a third time. So given the road that it took to get there, what does that mean to this team this year? Uh, It's so huge. I mean, I feel like at the end of our seasons that we've had good postseason runs, we've kind of stumbled a little bit. And that's how it happened this year. We kind of stumbled a little bit. And we ended up having to have a, a tough road with St. Mary's and with Gonzaga to get to the final game. And but it was huge for us because it made us so much more focused and so much more ready. And we wanted to get them both back too after losing to them both twice. And then you had beaten San Francisco twice, and so it was okay. We got to fend them off. But when you saw San Francisco in the title game, was there any doubt that you would win that game? Um, I think from the get go, just getting into the tournament, we didn't have any doubts, uh, and I think that's what kind of got us through because the first two games were down to the wire and I think that without any doubts we uh that's what got us into the championship game and then with San Francisco it was the the saying that it's hard to beat a team three times 
and we knew that and we knew San Francisco was playing really well and so we knew we had to come out just with the same fire that we had against Gonzaga and we ended up doing it. West Coast Conference champion and BYU guard Zojan Harry on BYU Sports Nation celebrating a tournament title in Las Vegas. Zojan, looking at the game, the actual championship match against San Francisco, Jeff Judkins mentioned to us that because there is so much attention paid to Lexi and to Morgan Bailey that you and Mackenzie Morrison are going to get some more open shots. How did you prepare yourself for an increased role knowing that those two were going to garner most of the defensive attention? Uh, we knew that as soon as the ball went into them that there was going to be at least two or three people on them. So we just had to set up on the perimeter and be ready to shoot. And that is huge because every day in practice, Jed's always telling us, hey, you're missing your shots because you're not ready. And so it was huge for us to just be out there and ready for them to kick it because we knew and that they would. Juddy needed to be ready in one particular play. You had uh, your hairband of some kind. It kind of got <laughs> up in your face or something. You rip it off, and you throw it at Judkins, and he's like, I don't know what to do with this. Do you remember that play? Yes, I do. What happened there? Um, I don't know how something in the play before where my headband had gotten wrapped around my poof. and oh, That's the technical term, that's right? That's the technical okay. term for, for my hair, mm-hmm. the poof. That's what uh, Tom Homo calls it. (laughs) And he requires it to be at every game. Um, But it got wrapped around it, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And so I didn't want to fidget with it because it was in the middle of a play, so I just took it and just threw it, and it ended up hitting Jed. Right in the face. face. (laughs) (laughs) The best defense all afternoon. He doesn't care because he was cutting down the net later. And speaking of that, what was that moment like, getting up on the ladder after the crazy run and and taking a piece of the net? for uh, this team this year? It was perfect. Uh, My freshman year, we got to cut down the nets in the championship game against Gonzaga, and now my senior year, we get to cut down the nets against San Francisco. So it's kind of a a perfect little ending um, to this season and then leading into the postseason. You had a double-digit lead for almost the entire second half. So when did it set in that you were going to win the game? Um... I think when we got that lead, it was just, Kayla, now let's just keep pushing. We're going to win this game. No matter what it takes, blood, sweat, and tears, we will win this game. When did the excitement set in? Um, I think it kind of even took a second after the buzzer sounded. I looked at Morgan, and she looked at me, and we both just kind of sit there for a second, and then we turned and ran and screamed. <laughs> so I feel like it was like, Oh my gosh, we're going back to the tournament. Going dancing again. 12 seed last year. You go to the Sweet 16. You give Connecticut a really tough game. Arguably their toughest game of the year. And they go on to win the national championship. So because you've had that experience, Morgan's been there. You've been there. Lexi's been there. McKenzie's been there. Kylie's been there. What do you expect to do this time around in the NCAA tournament? Make some noise again. And we're hoping that we can do even better. Get past the Sweet 16 and get to the Elite 8 and see what we can do from there. Okay, tell us about the shaved head thing. When did that happen? Who said it? What's going down? It was Saturday at practice. So this is post-St. Mary's win. Yes. And Judd said that if we win the tournament, that he is going to shave his head. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then uh, our trainer, Jeff Hurst, and then um, our strength and conditioning coach, Josh, he they both joined in, and they're like, Hey, we're going to do it, too. We tried to get Dan, but his he head scared. of hair is too perfect. So <laughs> hey, instead, I, he's growing a mustache. Yeah, I said oh, that, too. Now look at me. He agreed to grow a mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's his. That's been done, Dan. <laughs> it's been done by Sean Olmstead. 
Zoshan Harry with the 6.7 rebounds, two steals in the championship game as BYU knocks off San Francisco and gets back to the NCAA tournament. Zoshan, uh, when you look at this team this year and compare it to last year, what are the unique differences uh, that you will remember from, from both of these squads? Um, I think just having Jen and, and Kim last year, uh, that's definitely a big difference. But I feel like we haven't dropped, and I feel like we're still almost the same team, and we still have that same intensity and um, still have that same drive. And I feel like that carrying over from last year will be key into the tournament this year and to kind of make some noise and get back to where we were last year. And that's something, because when you lose All-American player Jen Hampson, she goes to the WNBA and one of the best three-point shooters in BYU basketball history and Kim Beeston, Naturally, I mean, we sit back and think, oh, yeah, there's there's going to be a drop-off. So for you to come back and do this, that uh, that has to feel pretty good. Yeah, it's huge. And, I mean, with Jen and Kim last year, they're our go-to. It was like when Kim's out on the three and she's in a shoot, you just knew it was in. And Jen, I mean, having the six, seven in there, that's great both ends of the floor. And to be able to get back there uh, get back here this year, it's, it is huge. And it's nice because Judd made the comment that if you guys want that respect, you have to get back here year after year after year. And we're starting that run, and hopefully they'll continue it after this. Yeah, three NCAA tournaments in your four years is fantastic. What got into Mackenzie Morrison? Made nine threes combined in the semifinal and final. Oh, I don't know, but whatever she ate for breakfast, she needs to eat that one in the tournament too. <laughs> it was fantastic. And then Morgan Bailey... She's been injured, banged up, didn't have her best games offensively. Still had rebounds the first two games. But today had a, had a really nice game, 20 points uh, tonight for Morgan. What was different for her from your viewpoint? Um, I think her back has started to – last week she was battling it bad, and it was hurting her. And it was nice for her to – I mean, she's my roommate. And last night she's like, it's amazing how, how much of a turnaround that my back has taken. And I was like, oh. Yes, that is good news for tomorrow. <laughs> and it definitely was. What other, what other conversations are you having at night besides talking about back spasms and whatnot? Um, we watch My 600-Pound Life on TLC. There you <laughs> so go. So that's, uh, that's a conversation always happening. That's, that's one thing to discuss. <laughs> we've, we've, we've missed that one. We just talk hey, about shaved heads you, and stuff. Whatever gets you ready for a game. Okay, just go find out what Mackenzie had for breakfast. Give it to everyone. Yes. And uh, I don't know, a marathon of my 600-pound life. <laughs> hey, if that works, you keep doing it. Exactly. <laughs> Zojan, thanks for the time. Congratulations again on another West Coast Conference championship. Thank you. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes, just like Zojan Harry, are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. Learn more at cougarclub.com. And welcome to the club. Up next, ESPN Sean Farnham will join us on the BYU Sports Nation set. Why he thinks BYU is in, baby. Sean Skins. BYU Sports Nation from Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Man, what a week. Absolutely, and it continues. Baseball is on BYU TV and BYU Radio Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It starts Thursday, 8 Eastern. The Cougars and the Pepperdine Waves on the Diamond. Wait, we have baseball on Thursday? Yeah, you're calling it. Oh, that's right. 
I should probably get ready for that, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, joining us now, Sean Farnham, ESPN College Basketball Insider and Color Analyst. Sean, you just watched BYU and Gonzaga play in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final. Just your initial thoughts on uh, how BYU and Gonzaga looked on the floor. Before we go there, see, it's it's that baseball talk that led me to not want to follow you anymore on Twitter. But I do appreciate the fact you retweet everything <laughs> not, I do. Yeah, I'm not all men's uh, hoops. No, I don't no, retweet it's, it's, everything it, 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 you do. You pretty much do, but it's okay. <laughs> Come on. You know, the initial thoughts are this. I said before the game when we were talking, I said BYU is an NCAA tournament team. I leave this game and my thoughts have not changed one bit. I still feel like they're an NCAA tournament team. They're going to have to sweat it out now until Sunday. Uh, and, and my bigger concern right now is the health of this team. That's, that's the overall thought process that I have is, is Anson going to be okay? Is he going to be able to come back? You know, we saw Halford go down there it, with 29 seconds left to go on the clock after he dove over the top of a pile. And I'm thinking to myself, as he's doing that, I'm going, just don't get hurt. You don't want to leave here, you know, more banged up or more injured than you need to be. And, and hopefully he'll be okay. And hopefully it's not a serious injury because I think that if you take those two out of the mix, all of a sudden those weapons that, that you guys have seen all season long, the offensive firepower starts to diminish a little bit and it puts more pressure on Kyle and Tyler in particular. Does the fact that this uh, score bloats to 91-75 affect things at all? It's BYU's largest loss and that's the last game or is it the body of work? Well, I, I think it's the body of work and that's where you're going to start breaking it down. Strength of schedule, 93 headed into this game. Obviously, that will improve because you're playing Gonzaga. So that number should move in the right direction for BYU. I I think the score isn't the issue. I think the bigger issue that I have right now is the inability to stop the the size and the interior presence that Gonzaga had. And, And certainly some of those fouls, I know Coach Rose, Slightly disagreed. A little bit. Um, but he also disagreed with who the ball was deflected out of out of bounds. Um, but in those moments, that's the passion of being a coach. But as they break down this film, they're going to have to find a way to mask the lack of interior presence. They've done a great job of it over the last eight games heading into this one. You know, without the interior presence, this is the same team that went into Spokane and won. And that win, I think, is going to be the lasting memory that hopefully the tournament selection committee has. But moving forward into the NCAA tournament, you're going to have to deal with teams with size. And tonight, they were unable to turn over Gonzaga. Gonzaga did an outstanding job against the pressure defense. Only one steal in this game for BYU. And you guys know how important that is to the offense to get out in the open floor and not have to battle against the half-court set-up defense, especially when they have a player like Gary Bell, who over the course of his career has done an outstanding job frustrating Tyler Haas. There's one team in this conference that Tyler Haas has failed to score 20 points against this season. Gonzaga. It's, the, it's Gonzaga, and, they've, and he's played against them three times. You've got to credit and tip your cap to Gary Bell. He's the Bruce Bowen of the WCC. Defensive player of the year there There's in no the question. West Coast Conference. Sean Farnham of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down the West Coast Conference tournament final from Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Sean, Jeremy and I have been plugging. BYU gets to 25 wins therein. They got the win over Gonzaga and Spokane. Their RPI is 37 right now. It's probably going to jump up one or two spots just because they played Gonzaga. The ESPN BPI is high. So what is the case against BYU? Why would they not be included? Well, it's, it's top 50 RPI wins. 
Who did you beat? You know, and, and, and to no fault, by the way, of BYU and even the scheduling. Now, you, you'd anticipate Stanford off of the season that they had, who they had coming back, that they would have been a really strong or high RPI win. Uh, that, ha- that hasn't been the case, obviously, as the season has progressed. They have failed to meet their expectations. So then that affects BYU. I think it's interesting to watch. We spend so much time talking about smaller conferences and bid stealers. I think the bid stealing is done from the smaller conferences. I think you've got to start watching the power conferences right now. As those tournaments start to amp up a little bit, can Miami get enough wins? Can Texas A&M change the, the narrative on them right now? They only have two RPI wins over a top 50 team, and of course those are both against LSU. They have work to be done in Nashville where I'm going to be headed to cover the SEC tournament. But I think those teams like that in everything. Look, look at the Pac-12. Right now, besides Arizona and Utah, who would be – I mean, Oregon's going to get in by default, really. I mean, when you look at the field, they're going to get in by default. If somebody else randomly wins, if, if USC all of a sudden comes out and wins the Pac-12, that's stealing a bid from somebody else. I think that's what you need to watch right now over the next couple of days. Has Kyle Collinsworth with the triple-double and then a career-high 28 taken his game to the next level? What did you see this week? I think it's been all season long. I, mean, I don't think it's just here. I think it's all season long. I've been so impressed with him. And, and I mentioned this during the course of the broadcast – the resiliency to come back from that injury. I was here a year ago. I saw that injury, and I had great concern about what type of player he would be when he came back. He's a better player than he was. And and in such a short period of time, what a remarkable season it's been for him. What a remarkable career it has been for Tyler Hawes. And we've talked on on the radio aspect of things, and I've said, you know what, long before he passed Jimmer, I said BYU fans should appreciate him every bit as much as they did Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer had the sizzle and pop. He could cross half court and he was in range. Tyler Hawes, his ability to work for his shot and his growth that you've seen in particular shooting off the bounce in the mid-range has just blown me away over the course of his career. And, and I, I will tell you the pride that, that I've sensed from that team representing the university, BYU, I, I think that speaks a lo- loud volume of as far as the, the mindset of this program, where it's at, the leadership that it has, and the future that it's going to have as well. As you guys know, some of the best players are still coming down the line for this team. I mean, you, the roster's filled out to 2020. The future is bright, yeah. Sean. The, the, future, the future is good, and, and there's a couple <laughs> of players out there that are still trying to make decisions that are major players in the next year or so, uh, and if they come to BYU, I think you're going to see this continue to be the great rivalry. I think BYU has surpassed St. Mary's as far as the team that is the rival now of Gonzaga and partially because it's not just a passionate rivalry but because of your ability to beat Gonzaga and St. Mary's has struggled doing that as of late. Sean you've got some people to see places to be in Las Vegas before you go to the SEC tournament. I'm a big time guy you know I've got (laughs) many leather bound books that reek of mahogany. (laughs) Rich mahogany. Anchorman. Anchorman (laughs) reference to Boo. There you go. Hey Hey, guys always a pleasure I I love talking to you guys and and of course as they go in the NCAA tournament I look forward to talking about BYU basketball as they have a potential I think the right matchup they could get to the second weekend. All I'll right. retweet you. Don't worry. All right, good. I'll tweet something out to you right now. <laughs> Sean Farnham helping us wrap up our coverage in Vegas. We'll put a bow on everything here from the Orleans Arena when we come back. BYU Sports Nation continues from Las Vegas and the West Coast Conference Championships. You want, you want to say something from Anchorman, Jerem? Loud noises! <laughs> I love loud. I love loud. Can you just saying that? BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. 
For the last time in 2015 from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, BYU Sports Nation broadcasting and bringing you some rays of sunshine because, as Jeremy and I feel, BYU has a great resume and great shot to get into the NCAA tournament. And you know that when Jeremy is with me on the tournament train. Oh, yeah, man. Like, come on. Come on. I live in uh, Springville. Yeah, I hear that every night. You weren't with me last year. You're with me this year, so I'm even that yeah. much more confident. Was I off last year? Totally. You were kind of like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. You were that guy. <laughs> Did I sound like that? I don't remember that. Wow. Oh, I'm just kidding, man. Hey, oh. today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health, and you need the most, DexterLaw.com, and we've, do- we've decided to divvy it out to two different Awesome groups of people. The women's basketball team for winning the West Coast Conference title. Well done. Nice nice job as a Fife. That was unexpected. Oh, yeah. It was really unexpected. And to our entire broadcasting crew yeah. at BYU. It, you have no idea what it takes, so we'll tell you. It's a ridiculous effort. I mean, these guys are sleeping like four to five hours a night. They're here before us, after us. We're talking 30 to 40 people have produced 12 games, six bridge shows, 12 halftimes, all the BYU Sports Nations. The pregame show we did for BYU Sports Nation. Fantastic crew. This is my favorite week of the year because we get to work with all of these awesome people. I'm dead serious when I say that. Yeah. Can we? Is, how many camera angles do we have? We had 16 crew? cameras in here. Yeah, 16. 16. Someone has to get this desk in here. Someone has to put up lights. Someone has to put cable out. All the robo cams. It is unbelievable what our crew did. And I know it's self-promotion, but I don't care. These guys are awesome. And it's been a fun who, week. Who else and has the, this? Who else has this? Nobody. The West Coast Conference was great to work with as well. Our fifth year being down here. Lynn Holzman, Jeff Toriel, everyone involved, Ryan McCrary. It was great to work with these people, and we had a lot of fun. And BYU, both teams got to the title game. The women won it. The men fell short by 16. But I thought it was a great week for BYU and BYU TV. It, it wraps up one year of simulcasting for us. We launched at the West Coast Longest Conference Tournament year of last my year. Life. Was it really? And the shortest. <laughs> it's like a mission. It like, is. Wow, that took a while, but it went by fast. Days feel like weeks and weeks feel like days. Yeah. I can't Fun. Explain. It's just, it is what it Fun. is. Fun. That's what I described this. But again, thank you to everyone on our crew. Uh, we love all of you and appreciate you uh, doing what you do to make us look better than we really are. <laughs> That's a fact. And, and you, BYU Sports Nation, for weighing in, for joining... This show, it's been a year on TV. It's a year and a half on uh, radio. We're having fun. We hope you are, too. Keep it coming. Use the hashtag BYU. Absolutely. <laughs> Good show. And we are we're, now we're going to get in the car in a little while and, and drive back to Studio B, to the friendly confines. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> thanks to Sean Farnham, Blaine Fowler, Joe John Harry. Again, everyone on, on our crew. Thanks to Jeff Toriel, all our friends at the West Coast Conference, for helping us and hosting us this week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at BYU Sports Nation. 25 wins and in. I stand by it. We said that a few weeks ago. We believe it. We will celebrate on Selection Sunday when the Cougars get in. You better believe that. Heck yeah. Choo-choo, baby. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Daniel.